Thank you for listening to Christ Alone Podcast, where we believe that Jesus lived, died, and resurrected according to the scriptures. Our hope is that God can bless you through this week's episode. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Angie and Steven's podcast. Crass Alone. Crass Alone Podcast. I think we need to record that on a professional level and just play every time. No, I enjoy doing this every time. Okay, live? Live. All right. All right, so welcome back, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for joining us again um, my sister is back. I am back. Yes. And, uh, we welcome you back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So now that we've kind of, uh, I think, figured out kind of how our schedule is going to go moving forward, I think we'll have more consistent content. Yes. And also we'll be able to even record extra stuff since we're keeping it to around 30 minutes Per yes. episode. I'm excited. So, all right. The question is, can you keep it to 30 yeah. minutes? Because I listened to episode two when you said, we're going to keep to this 30 minutes and under, and it went to like 38. Yeah, I know. Well, so, 30 is my, is my point of, all right, I need to shut it down. So, Steven's time. Yeah, but you just, you know, with that comment, just, you know, extended our time. So You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. All right, so let's get started. Uh, last episode, uh, we were talking about the signs of the end of the age. And so um, uh, we stopped at, let me see, what what did we stop at? We only got two. Um, where did it go? I'm trying to remember because I just listened to it recently too. Well, we got to... Um, you were talking about wars and rumors of wars. Right. Pestilence. Um, I, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right so, so Jesus talks about there will be false Christ, messiahs, and so right. on. Um, um, you know, wars, rumors of wars, uh, earthquake, earthquakes, famines, and pestilences. And I just expanded on that, and I don't think I got past that. Um, I kind of just ended with you know, um, you know how some people. You know, they they might feel down about um, Jesus coming back and the signs and everything that's going on in the world because they might not get a chance to graduate high school or begin their careers or get married. Yeah, I or, like that part. I like that part because I'm like, yeah, I want to get married, man. Come yeah. on. Yeah, you want to have kids. You want to watch your kids get married. Uh, personally, I, I, I want to walk my daughters down the aisle. I want to be able to do that. Uh, probably more so for them than for me. So like a double wedding for them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but those are the things that, you know, we think about naturally. Yeah. I mean, these are things that we want to do. And I think sometimes we just default to focusing on this perishable world. Yeah. And we're not, then we're living for this world and not for the kingdom. Yeah. And so. Yeah, um, I, and I really like what you said there i know um you already recorded this you did episode two but just to i really liked how you talked about you know wanting to go you know walk your daughters down the aisle but you um you referenced back to the wedding at the end the bride and the bridegroom the church with jesus 
Um, and that's going to be the mo- that is the most important wedding there is. Um, and so uh, same thing for me, like I'm I'm excited and hopeful to get married, um, you know, Lord willing. But if Jesus comes before then, I mean, what better wedding than to be with Christ? Amen. Yeah. So um, that's where we're at. Um, maybe we could just uh, read on Matthew 24. Um, I know we started on Luke 21, but we'll switch over to Matthew 24. I think has a little bit more detail into what some of these signs of the end of the age are. And I'll just run through it real quick. Uh, Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14. And it says, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You'll see the, you, see, you all see these things. No, you see all these. Do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be one left here. There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures till the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So I think in part one, you touched a lot on 13 to 14, the pestilences, like I said, the war and everything. Um, I think, uh, obviously, all it's all important, but one, verse one and two are huge um, because it talks about the building and the temple, um, not one stone being left on there. Uh, and so we see that in, you know, the the temple that they had during that time was torn down. Um, so, and I know somewhere else in the Bible, you probably remember, you're good with numbers. Um, it says that it will be rebuilt again. Right. And That's so, correct. So the temple, uh, it's Revelation 11, one to two, uh, it says, then it was, then I was giving, given a measuring rod, like a staff. And I was told rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out for it is given over to the nations and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. So, you know, depending on when you look at Revelation having been written, I think most people agree that it was written before uh, before ni- around 95 AD. Um, but even if it was written before, um, the temple had already uh, been taken down and destroyed by Rome in 70 AD. Mm -hmm. And so this is talking about a third temple right there. So the, so the temple, just to get it right, the temple that is being referred to then that Jesus is referring to, we think is the second temple. Well, no, I, I think because Jesus is speaking in, in 33 AD around, Mm -hmm. around there, 
he's there's more than one significance to this. I think a lot of the times when Jesus spoke, it had more than one significance. You know, he's talking about the temple that that's that they're showing him because they're showing him, oh, look at this temple, mm-hmm. like wonderful. They're they're in awe. Right. Meanwhile, they're walking with <laughs> with Jesus, right? right? And so Jesus is like, yeah, this is nothing. Like this is going to be torn down. And there's another verse where he says, um, you know, I will tear this temple down and rebuild it in three days. And they're like super confused. They're right. like, wait, this took us like 40 years to build. How are, how are you going to build this in three days? And he's talking about his body. Right. That's what he's talking about. So he's talking about his body and he's talking about the uh, future temple. Um, that future temple 40 years from the time where he's talking, but I believe also future temple later on. If we look through a lot of, uh, you know, the prophecies, not just that Jesus made, but that God through made, that God made through the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all of them, it's, um, we see that there's, uh, there are, I guess, repetitions or, or parallels in history. You know, John talks about how there will be many antichrists. And then, but but there is the Antichrist. There's one specific Antichrist. And we can see that throughout history, um, you know, Satan seems to have, want to try to speed things up. Uh, you know, we see it through, you know, different different rulers. Nero, Hitler, you know, they're, they're all like radically against the Jews trying to like, like completely exterminate them. And so I think these are, you know, failed attempts at Satan trying to bring about, you know, the end even though i i think that there i think he's veiled from the future in a certain sense um this is just my opinion i think he's veiled because if he knew that where he was gonna end up like what what's the point of what you're doing like you've already lost you've already lost and so i do think that you know to a certain extent um uh he is veiled I mean, I would say, um, not not to play devil's advocate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would say I think that the devil knows the Bible and what the word says. Um, he does. And so I would imagine he knows everything that Revelation says. Right. Um, but, and, but And he can assume, okay, this is how God wants it to end, but I'm going to prove him wrong. True. And I'm going to yeah. just, you I, know, just like... Like like he did with Job. Yeah. He's like, hey, he's God. He's in denial, sort yeah. of. Um, yeah. I can prove you wrong. And then ultimately he doesn't. Yeah. At the same time, we see how, like, there's many atheists also that know scripture, you know, the whole thing, even better than we do. That's true. And yet they are still blinded. Like, the, there's still a veil over their hearts, you know, the eyes of their hearts. And so right. um, it's, um, you know, that's how it is. Uh, but, um Yeah. All right, so we got, uh, you know, false teachers and people coming in in the name of Jesus, trying to claiming to you know be teaching the truth. I think that's that is, I don't know, that is dominating right now the cultural, I guess, church culture, if we can right. call it that. Um, we've seen that with a lot of people that just. Uh, you want want to put on a show. Yeah. Pastor Gabe talked about that at church today. Um, it seems like, you know, we're just more concerned about, you know, keeping, you know, more seats occupied instead of saving lives yeah. or at least pointing them to Christ so that their lives can be saved. And so, um, you know, that's it's become more of a business 
you know, church has become a business. It's about how many yeah. more people can we get in here? What do we need to do? That's why that movie Church People is... Oh, I uh, didn't see it's, that. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's pretty that. funny. It's pretty funny. It's good. I enjoyed it. Go watch it. Church People on Pure Flicks. Uh, we are not sponsored, but, you know, we're happy to accept that sponsorship. Right. Pure Flicks <laughs> if, you, if you ever hear this. Uh, but anyways, so, all right. So we've got false teachers, a lot of, of that going on. Um, the, of course, the r- wars and rumors of wars, you yeah, know, that. Russia, Ukraine, China, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, that is really t- heavily tied with prophecy, especially because it has a lot to do with Israel. And I find that a lot of prophecy in the Bible has to do, you know, it's either done through Israel or is a, or has something to do with Israel. Yeah. Um, nation versus nation and kingdom versus kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I talked about last time how nation, uh, the original Greek is ethnos, which is ethnicity. So a lot of race wars and, right. and all that going on. And so we see racism is seems to be coming like a, a hot topic right now. Everything right. is about race. It's like you can't talk about anything without bringing up race. And I think a lot of people that do that, I think it it's it tells me a lot. <laughs> it tells me a right. lot about where, you know, where they stand in terms of um, not just politically or anything like that, but just their worldview, um, uh, it tells me that there's a flaw somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember, like, for Black Lives Matter, like, at the beginning, I think we were, like, there was a day where everyone had to put, like, a black screen yeah. on their Instagram. I even did it. I did it. I did it, too. Yeah, I did it. Um, and we were all about it, but then over time we realized, wait, this is turning into this is not what it different. seemed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, this is not what it seemed to be. Well, praise God for get, <laughs> allowing us, you know, the discernment yeah. to to figure that out. Yeah, um, and I'm, I mean, I'm thankful for our governor. I know one thing that um, we have a critical race theory, which you know I've I've learned a little bit more about, and um, I. We could probably do a whole episode on that, but we won't go too much into it. But yeah, so there's a lot of um, race wars, like you said. And just going back really quick to uh, nation versus nation, I know, uh, I didn't know if you want to touch on that, this at all, but there's a part that talks about, there's t- two different parts where it talks about Gog and Magog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks, it's, it refers to, um, it says the nation to the north is really, is going to yeah. come and... Um, yeah, I I come, touch come against Israel basically, and the nation to the north of Israel is Russia, and so we see we see that happening. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, definitely. Um. Then after after this sign, this is the third one that he mentions. Um. He talks about famines, uh, hunger, food scarcity, inflation. We see that again. We see that going on today, more so than ever before. At least in my lifetime. Um, and so, you know, these are, these are signs, uh, when we got pestilences, right? There is COVID, there's other diseases and viruses that are, you know, uh, been going on and then earthquakes and disasters. And now up until this point, these first six signs, um, you know, the, the have, they have always been mm-hmm. happening, but never all at one time, you know, we've right. always had, uh, wars. We've, we've always had people, you know, claiming to be God or what Christ or whoever. They, they've they always claimed to have some 
they, they've always claimed to have the answer outside of scripture, <laughs> an extra answer. You know, we got the right. Joseph Smiths and all the other ones. And so then, uh, again, wars and rumors of wars, wars that have been going on all the time. Um, people have been fighting each other all the time. Um, uh, all kinds of races, you know, uh, the Germans try to eradicate the Jews um, and then uh, the blacks and the Hispanics, everybody. There's always there's always uh, some culture or race that thinks they're superior to others that always wants to take advantage of other cultures. Um, Again, famines and pestilences. This has always been going on, the earthquakes, but never all at one time. Um, uh, And then here's a sign that Jesus didn't mention here in this in this particular verse. Uh, It's later later down in verse verses 32 to 35, but Israel um, is reborn. That's a sign. And so Israel was reborn in 1948. And it says in Matthew 24, 32 to 35, from the, fig, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that, the, that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So there's, there's I guess, a few different ways to uh, interpret this scripture. Um, just based on, I would say, the, the most consistent way to interpret it uh, without, uh, it, you know, from what I've been studying, not seeing any contradiction is that Jesus here is talking about Israel and and uh and what he's saying is Israel is the fig tree and he says when you see uh just like a fig tree when you see it start to like um sprout or what do you say as soon as the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves you know that summer is near so he's saying listen you need to watch out for Israel because what happens with Israel this is how you're going to know that the you know the birth pains and everything else is going to start it's going to start moving it's going to start right. happening so it's almost like a time clock and so we see that in 1948 Israel was reborn and mm-hmm. you know Isaiah um I think chapter 65 or 66 talks about Israel will again become a nation in a single day and that happened so that's Isaiah 66 8 who has heard such a thing who has seen such things shall land be born in one day shall a nation be brought forth in one moment for as soon as Zion was in labor she brought forth her children um there's uh something else so in Jeremiah 30 I'm going to read a small part of it. Uh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, write in a book all the words that I have spoken to you. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will bring them back to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall take possession of it. Um, Thus says the Lord, we have heard a cry of panic, a terror, and no peace. So um, there's a part in uh, Deuteronomy where Moses is... um, prophesying about what's going to happen with Israel and how they're going to rebel. And part of the prophecy is like, listen, you're going to be scattered across the whole world um, because of your rebellion. And so, I mean, we see that in today's, you know, we, we've seen that where they have been scattered. Um, but in more recent times, 
we have seen a lot of Jews have been coming back yep. to Israel. Um, and that's part of the prophecy that we were seeing come to pass. Yeah. Um, since 1948, it started almost immediately. And if you ask Jews that live outside of Israel currently, they have an unexplained urge mm. to move to Israel. And even like secular Jews will tell you this. They have an unexplained urge to move right. to Israel. And so they've just been moving in hordes to Israel. Um, all right, that was sign seven. So sign number eight, the rapture of the church bride. And it's First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. It says, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. And Paul, again, he he says this. Uh, I, well, I can't say again. I, I'm not sure which one he wrote first, Corinthians or Thessalonians. But he also says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 52, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inher inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead in the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. And so, in short, um, I would say that yes, the rapture is biblical. Uh, we've discussed it plenty of times in the past. Mm -hmm. There's there's at least two episodes dedicated to the rapture that we've done so far. And, uh, you know, without getting too much into this, um, basically, you know, Jesus will come back, you know, for the church. That's going to happen. Um, again, if you have questions about any of this, what we've discussed so far, what we'll continue to discuss, um, you can reach us at 407-796-2881. Call or text. Um, where else can they reach us? Christ Alone Podcast. All of our handles are Christ Alone Podcast, except for Twitter, which is Christ Alone Pod. That's right. All right. And so now what happens next, there's not a particular order that I'm going to place this in. I'm just going to start with uh, Gog and Magog, uh, part one. I say it that way because I, I placed it in this order just because it makes the most sense to me. I could be wrong. Uh, but I believe that Gog and Magog, there's, it's split into two parts and it will happen first, uh, either right before, during, or right after the rapture. Um, and so Ezekiel 38, one to six talks about this. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face towards Gog and the land of Magog, the chief prince of, uh, Meshach and Tubal and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O God, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about and put hooks in your jaws, and I will bring you out and all your army, horses and, 
and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords. Persia, Cush, and Put are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his hordes, Beth Togarma, from the outermost parts of the north, with all his hordes, many peoples are with you, which is what you were talking about earlier. And Ezekiel 39, 1-6, it repeats sort of, it says, And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech, uh, and Tubal, and I will turn you about and drive you forward and bring you up from the uttermost parts of the north and lead you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will strike your bow from the left hand and I will make your arrows drop out of your right hand and you shall fall on the mountains of Israel and you, you and all your hordes and peoples who are with you. I will give you to the birds of prey of every sort to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall in the open field for I have spoken, declares the Lord God. I will send fire on Magog and on those who dwell securely in the coastlands, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So, um, again, two things lead me to believe that there will be two parts to the war, which is, you know, why I placed that first part at the beginning of the tribulation and the second part, either in the middle or the end of the tribulation. Uh, uh, here's one thing. Ezekiel 39.9 says, Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and make fires of weapons and burn them, shields and bucklers, bows and arrows, clubs and spears, and they will make fires of them for seven years. And then Daniel 9.27, And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week and for half a week, and he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until... The decreed end is poured out on the desolator. So, um, so yeah. So, they're going to be burning weapons for seven years. If they're going to be burning weapons for seven years, there has to be some kind of war that kind of encourages this to yeah. happen. And the only thing uh, that matches seven years is the tribulation, which, of course, this is uh, referencing. Uh, then the Antichrist is revealed. Um, again, either before, during, or after the war, the Antichrist is revealed. It's possibly after, um, because um, the Antichrist has to confirm a covenant, right? Okay. And so, why would he need to confirm a peace treaty covenant with Israel? Confirmation means there's already one in place, which mm-hmm. we already have, the Abraham Accords, uh, to confirm it or to solidify it means that he's going to amend it to make it better for Israel, uh, more protection probably. And so, you know, the only way that that's going to happen if this if there's a war against Israel, yeah. which we can see kind of boiling <laughs> right now. Um, so First John two eighteen to twenty. So uh, it says. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they are not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not; they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all the knowledge. And you all have knowledge. So John is reminding us that it's the last hour. The Antichrist is coming. Many Antichrists have come, like I mentioned earlier, Nero and Hitler. 
And this also confirms that we are in the last hour. Side note, he's basically saying once you're saved, you're always saved. Mm. I know there's a, a lot of argument going on about this. Um, this and the rapture, these are very hot topics. Uh, again, we won't expand on this because we can just do an entire hour episode on just that, on just either of these topics. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, so then we got, all right, Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 1 and 2 says, Now concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, to not be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or spoken word, or letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So the day of the Lord is the seven-year tribulation or Jacob's trouble. Second um, Thessalonians 2, 3 to 8 Wait, says... Wait, hold on. What's Jacob's trouble? It's... It, Jeremiah refers to the seven-year tribu seven tribulation as Jacob's trouble. It's the debt that Israel owes God. Okay. But he, he's, he, Jeremiah is the only one that calls it Jacob's trouble. So, I mean, if I may just reference back to what we were reading in... Um... Matthew 24, it talks about, then you, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. So it's referring to Israel. Right, it's referring to Israel. Matthew 24, is, um, that, that whole spiel that Jesus is giving um, the disciples is for Israel. He's talking about the tribulation. Mm -hmm. That's why he ends it with, when you see these things begin to happen, meaning pre-tribulation. Right. Um, when you see things begin to happen, look up because your redemption is near. Gotcha. The redemption is referencing salvation, the rapture. Again, if the church has to go through the tribulation, then what was the what? What are we saved from? Right. Yes, we. Jesus says that we will all go through tribulations, but there is the tribulation, and in Revelation three ten, Jesus says that He will keep us from the hour of wrath. There's only one hour of wrath. It's the seven-year tribulation. Um, again, we could expand on this right. a lot. But we only have a minute left. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're running short on time here. All right, so 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 8 says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come, unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object, of worship, so that he takes a, his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Here's another reference to a third temple. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? This is Paul talking to the Thessalonians. And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time, referencing the Antichrist. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who, who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So um, Paul's talking about a falling away, a removal of the restrainer, which is uh, the restrainer is the Holy Spirit slash church bride. And then the Antichrist is revealed. So that's the revelation of the Antichrist. Mm. You know, I've I've heard different people say that the Holy Spirit will be removed in the last days. And I'm yeah. like, where even is that? I don't even know where that's from. And this is this, where it's from. This is it. So, so the Holy Spirit will be removed in the sense of we are the salt of the earth, right? We're okay. the salt and the light of the earth. 
So because the Holy Spirit dwells within us, that's what the reference is, that, that we will be removed. That's why I said church bride. The Holy Spirit will still be present for those that, you know, turn, turn to Christ during the tribulation. But it won't be active in the sense of keeping the Antichrist at bay. So, okay. so, the anti so basically, if you can picture the Holy Spirit having his hand up, holding off the Antichrist, mm -hmm. and then just putting his hand down when the church is raptured and stepping to the side and just letting, letting the Antichrist do gotcha. what he wants. But he'll still be there. He, right. just, he just won't. I, the Holy Spirit's focus will be on you know, the salvation of, of the right. tribulation saints. Um, which, by the way, there are... <laughs> Uh, this is another thing that brings confusion to, to when you read through these things, trying to figure out, oh, is this the second coming? Is this the rapture? Is this the tribulation? Is this not? Um, there are different kinds of saints or different types of saints. There's the Old Testament saints. And there's the, I guess you can call them New Testament saints. So Old Testament saints are before the resurrection. Um, New Testament saints or church bride um, that's the, the ones after the resurrection. And then you have tribulation saints. Those are the ones that will be, um, you know, uh, saved during the tribulation. Right. And what's interesting Those is when, the, when the you read. The end credit saint, saints. The end credit saints, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's basically. What's interesting that I didn't catch before is when you're reading Revelation, it talks about we're all, we're all clothed in white. Right. But there's a very particular difference that it will change the way you read Revelation when you realize that there's a set of people that are dressed in white robes and there's a set of people that are dressed or set of saints mm -hmm. that are in white robes and a set of saints that are in white linen. Mm. So who dresses in linen? A bride. Right. And so it's incredible to read through Revelation just having those things in the back of your mind. Um, and then we have, all right, then the seven-year covenant with Israel is signed. And, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, which pretty much details the, the, the tribulation the, or the start of the tribulation. Um, then the seven seals start and uh, which are going to include high inflation, which, again, we're already starting to see now. Um, and that happens around the third seal with the third horse. And Revelation 6, 6 says, And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of a four living creature saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil or wine. So it's, um, it's going to cost a lot of money to get stuff. Yeah. Um, I paid $9 for deodorant the other day and <laughs> I thought that was crazy. Yeah, I think deodorant will be the least of their worries in the <laughs> tribulation. <laughs> But it says that a loaf of bread will cost a day's wages, okay? That's crazy. Um, and I can't remember which verse that is. A day of, a day of whose wages, that's the question. Whoever, you yeah. know, well, it's giving you an idea of what yeah. it would cost. So whatever you that's, make in a day now, imagine a loaf of bread costing that much. That's a lot. Yeah. So then we have the seven bowls and the trumpets. And the tenth sign is the temple being rebuilt, which we spoke about earlier. Um, then the 11th sign, two witnesses will emerge. Now, this is all beginning of tribulation. Um, the the, the uh, Temple Institute of Israel already said that they only need about 90 days to rebuild the temple. And so, you know, 
Within three months, temple will be up. Uh, two witnesses will emerge. Revelation 11, three to five says, now I'll grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. So who are these two witnesses? I think, I'm not sure if we've had an episode on this yet, but maybe we, we should. Um, I believe it's Moses and Elijah, but we won't get into that. I, on the other hand, think it's Elijah and Moses. <laughs> uh, but Revelation 11.6 kind of gives us an idea, and this is only just, just scratching the surface of why I think it's these two guys, but it says they have the power, 11.6, Revelation 11.6, they have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them to blood and strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. So who's the only prophet that was able to shut the sky so that rain wouldn't fall? It says during the days of their prophesying, which they're going to prophesy 1260 days is three and a half years exactly. Elijah is the only one that made rain stop for three and a half years in the Old Testament. Um, and Moses is the only one who had power over the waters to turn them to blood and to, you know, strike Egypt with all those kinds of plagues, 10 different plagues. So they're going to have free reign to do that. Was it me or did I imagine that um, they hadn't, they didn't taste death or they hadn't tasted no, death? No, Elijah didn't taste death. Elijah was raptured. Uh, Moses died but his body was fought over by Michael uh, and, right. and Satan. And Jude. That's a, yeah. So That's think about this. Why would they be fighting over Moses' body? Elijah, fine. God secured his body when he raptured him. Right. Why would God need Moses' body? I don't know. Like, we know why Satan would want him. So Satan could, you know, deceive many because, you know, the Jews, they... They're heavy on Moses. Moses right. is almost like worshipped. Moses, yeah. Right? And so, um, but I, I think it's a possibility. I, this is just conjecture, but it's possible that God is preserving his body to, for him to, you know, be one of the witnesses. Yeah, and I think we briefly talked in a previous episode about how during the transfiguration, yes. Jesus speaks with Elijah and Moses. Yes. All right, so... <laughs> we should be wrapping up, huh? Yeah. All right. So I think we'll stop here. Um, so the two witnesses emerge. And so we think it's Moses and Elijah. So I guess that leaves for part three then. <laughs> All, right. All right. So God bless everybody. Don't forget to check us out. And uh, please write your reviews. Um, you can also support the podcast by uh, clicking the support link in the description. And uh, we appreciate you. And if we don't see you next week, we'll see you in the clouds. Amen. God bless. <laughs>